Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Hope you're all well. Mikey Stafford here, joined by Eamon Fitzmaurice, Kevin McStay and Rory O'Neill took head to a pretty big weekend of Gaelic football. Such a big weekend of Gaelic football, they've just told all the hurling to go away for a week. How are you doing, lads? Very good, Mike. Very good. That stuff. Um, there's a bit of consternation, really, about just how big a weekend of football this is, and I was wondering to get your views on it. Um, you know, we got the the... the Munster football final at three o'clock on a Saturday. You got the Leinster football final following pretty quick afterwards at five o'clock. Interestingly, Kildare in Dublin. Solid, solid rugby hinterland. That match is going up directly against uh, Leinster's Champions Cup final against La Rochelle in, in Marseille. Um, some people might say the Venn diagram of supporters is pretty small there, but I'd say it's growing. And then on Sunday, well, you've got the Roscom v Galway at 1.45 and Donegal v Derry at 4 p.m. Eamon, what do you think? Are are provincial finals getting their the the credit they deserve? Are they getting the the shop window they deserve, or could the GA be doing a little bit more to promote the provincial championships? I think they they could, Mikey. Look, they were so uh, going by Congress. We were so anxious to hold on to the provincial championships. It seems uh, strange. I suppose first of all, it's the first time that we have the four of them on the same weekend. You know, the model had been two two per weekend and uh, that seemed to have been working okay but putting the four of them on one weekend was going to be a departure in its own right and then obviously clashing with the um, the international sports isn't isn't helping so I don't know you'd wonder is there an element of the crash and burn about us that uh, it helps arguments further down the line with regard to eventually moving towards the famous proposal B and um, aligning the league and championship. But uh, certainly it's not the best way. I think they're expecting very small crowds for the Leinster final in particular. Can't imagine a massive crowd in Killarney either. So that's disappointing when you're getting to this stage of the championship and you have big games. And I imagine um, Galway and Clonus certainly on Sunday will be much busier. But uh, um, I think the, it is a bit of an own goal, all right, in fairness, the way the way, the way way it has worked out and the way it has materialised. Yeah, I'm a bit torn on it, Kev, because on the one hand, I think, you know, the G, like, they're not helping here. Like, we had an in, incident today where Paul Conroy, I hope I can say this now, he's one player of the month. Um, so there's a press conference, you know, arranged with the with the different, you know, the players from football, hurling, camogie, ladies football. Dermot Burns of Limerick is available to talk. There's no hurling matches this weekend, but Paul, Paul Conroy is not available. So like, it's gonna, they're not doing. Like, they, this is just a, the the scheduling is just one example of how, and I think it's a fair complaint, like because we get it in RTE, you're not doing enough to promote the game. So it's not our job to promote the game. We we cover right. the games. It's the GA's jobs to promote the game. And I have to say, considering all the changes they've done this year in moving events to new dates, etc., there hasn't been a. I don't see a massive push that the casual fan would actually know the four provincial finals are on this weekend. That was the bit I was actually. Uh, talking about earlier on in the week that it all seems a little bit rushed now i have to be careful here because in fairness this is kind of what we all wanted we all wanted this kind and of... it's only two weeks shorter than the 2019 yeah. championship so it's not a crazy compression correct and i think you have to be you have to be fair but at the same time like it was a very interesting uh little little uh 
return from Cullum and um, Des on the Sunday game last Sunday. Last Sunday night, uh, I don't know if you picked up on it, was that he said, well, it seems to be RTE that's promoting the Talchin Cup. And the point you just made, like, it's not RTE's job to promote any of these championships. They broadcast them, fair enough, as, 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 uh, to the very best of their ability. But the, the push from Crow Park hasn't been... Uh, hasn't been what it should be, what it, what, it, what, it, what it must be, really. And I certainly agree with Eamon on that one, that uh, if everybody is so hell-bent on the, on the provincial championships, and there's part of me, I'm sure, and there's part of you, Eamon, uh, uh, as provincial winners in the past, in the, in, in the good old days, that we harp and we do, we do have a love for it on, on one level. But uh, if, 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 if everybody is so in love with it, wouldn't you think the, the GA at HQ are at provincial level would really market it. And what's happened this weekend uh, is shocking. I mean, to go up against uh, a massive rugby game head-to-head, that the Leinster final, uh, uh, to put it on, I mean, I, I was thinking my own personal logistics, trying to get out of Killarney at, what, 20 to 5, race down the road and either get back to the hotel or get to a pub to see the Leinster final. And then I was thinking, they probably won't have the Leinster final on in Killarney. They'll have the rugby final on, I'm thinking. I don't know. Uh, and no, they, get... they, they'll have the Gaelic football on in Clarny. I'd, I'd, I'd be fairly safe in the knowledge. We'll ask the local. But or I maybe have, maybe it'll I be the build-up to Liverpool v Real Madrid. Either, yeah, you know? well, maybe that too. Maybe that too. <laughs> But look, it's, it's, know, it's, knowing it's, knowing the publicans in Killarney, they have all three on lads. But I mean, this this fixture, obviously, the European Cup fixture, the champions, uh, the rugby final was known, you know, mm. months and months and months ago. Uh, and I don't think it would have taken a genius to figure out that it was most likely going to be Dublin and Kildare. Uh, even I figured that out. I think so. So it doesn't take a genius to do it. It's, <laughs> it was fairly straightforward stuff. And and it stayed with form lines and uh, and now we have the clash that really really should have been avoided. I'll throw something in and today today is not the day for it, but we're certainly sure. Well, we're surely heading towards a debate about Friday night uh, major matches on a Friday night. Now, how that might be done, I don't really know. But if you're going to play four championship finals in the one weekend, you're probably either stretching it out from Friday to Sunday and then Saturday to a bank holiday Monday, something like that. But um, where there's four involved, it's very hard to market them. Well, there wasn't even an effort to market them in this in this instance, I think. Um, it, it, uh, but it's very hard to find the, the window to stack them up so that uh, pe- people can spread themselves out. Because everybody will want to see the four finals. The one, these are the, the runners and riders now. These are the serious boys. After, after this weekend, the province is all over. And we're heading into the All-Ireland series. So, you know, the GA family out there will want to see what's up in Ulster, what's in Connacht, what's happening. Or Curry is, is decent and are as, good, are as good as we think. What about Dublin? Everybody will want to see them. But that's simply not going to be possible. Yeah, it's uh, Rory, we, we try not to crib too much. And I'm not cribbing. I'm really looking forward to this weekend of sport. But from a TV production point of view, it has to be a bit of a strain. It is. And... Um... Look, we took quite a bit of flack for last Sunday's discussion after the show. Um, and it was the discussion was largely based around what we were probably envisaging happening this weekend. That was the nature of it, really. It was billed, I think, when it was put out on social media as a club versus county. That's not what it was. And it wasn't a debate. I didn't go, I wouldn't call it a debate, but it wasn't designed to be a debate. I certainly didn't call it a debate. 
And um, but this is we knew this was going to happen, you know, like we we spoke about this, Mikey, back in, I'd say, February or March, when we mentioned the fact that the Champions Cup final and the the Champions League final were going to be on this weekend clashing. I mean, this is not news and, mm. and newsflash. The Champions Cup final and the Champions League final won't be moving next year, lads. You know, like they're not going to be worried. Jesus, carrying Limerick or down in Killarney. We better ship, we better ship the Champions Cup final there. You know, like that isn't going to happen. Now, to be fair to fixture makers, and this comes back to, as I said, you mentioned earlier, Mikey, that it's two weeks shorter, but it's four weeks earlier. That's the key. Yeah, that's the key here. It's four weeks earlier, but two weeks shorter. So the the point there is. When when the fixture makers sit down to pat to plan out the fixtures program, they start at the end, so they begin with the All Ireland finals and work their way backwards. That's how it. That's how I would envisage it's done. Certainly, that's how I do it. When I'm trying to plan the Sunday game live, for instance, you start at the end and you work your way back because you know what's happening on each week and you know what's going to have to slot in so you can get to that end point. When they were presented with the ridiculous concept of an All-Ireland final on the 24th of July, this is the manifestation of it. So you're going to be in the same position next year and the year after. You know, I think Eamon's point is well made. Maybe it's the first steps on those roads. I would probably have a fair degree of skepticism on that because I think the changes that they made just like in great in the great GA tradition once the change is made ah sure it's grand now we'll leave that and it'll be 20 years before another one Rory can I just throw in there that the, the rationale for the 20 what did you say the 25th of July or 24th whatever date you said there mm. the rationale for that was to get the clubs up and running yeah I know in our county and in the in, in, the, in the counties that I know anything about here in the west and uh, etc their championships aren't starting until September. Kev, Kev, I got it. And I think that's pretty common around the, around the, I know, around the country. Also, Kev, like, I, look, I'm the chair of a club. I get communications from the Dublin County Board all of the time. We got an email to map out the season at the beginning of the year where they put in a lot of provisos about all the different changes. And a big line, which is underlined, okay, we're doing X, Y, and Z. And we also are factoring in a break in August. So we're all going on holidays. We're all going on holidays in August. Oh, so there that's you go. Fair. So it's the you September know? championship there <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you know, and I don't do we have a problem with that. I mean, like there was this notion put out there that this is in some way suiting RTE's agenda. I'm going on holidays with my family for the first time in 20 years in August. I don't care. Like RTE will still show the... If you put the All-Ireland final in the week of Christmas, which happened two years ago, we'll show it, no problem. This isn't an issue for us, like, you yeah. know? Um, okay, we'll better get on to the games. And I think we'll do them in chronological order in reverse. <laughs> so let's, yeah. let's start above in Ulster, shall we? Yeah, in start, with good, start with the really good one. Let's start with the game. I'd say everybody, even a Kerry man, even a former Ross Common manager might admit that. No, maybe not you, Kev. This is the game I think most people are looking forward to the most. Um, it's a fascinating one for, for many reasons. Eamon, um, obviously Rory Gallagher for the second time coming up against his, uh, the team he used to manage uh, in an Ulster final, having previously got there with Fermanagh. Um, I think this Derry team will put it up to Donegal. This Donegal team, more than that Fermanagh team, put it up to that Donegal team. <laughs> it would be a fair way of putting it, wouldn't it? 
Uh, absolutely, Mikey. I think, look, it, it is going to be a fantastic game. Um, I think we're going to really see where Derry are at this weekend and likewise Donegal. Um, I think, look, a lot of us have been fascinated with the development of Derry over the last couple of seasons and how close they were last season. You know, they were their development was maybe stunted a small bit last year because of the lack of qualifiers and losing so narrowly to Donegal. They didn't get a chance to go and maybe play at least another game or two um, to continue on the path that they're clearly on. Um, I think this weekend, though, it is Donegal have seen them twice. They've shown their hand twice. Whether Rory Galler has held back one or two things, I don't know if he has. Um, maybe something around their own kick-out he might have held back, but Donegal have see, can see them coming from a distance, and I think they have the tools and the personnel to deal with what Derry are doing. So uh, if Derry managed to win this game, you know, obviously it's a massive achievement in its own right, winning an Ulster Championship, but they're serious live contenders for the All-Ireland if they manage to win it. But um, I have a feeling it might be a stretch for them this weekend, and still, they're going. If that's the case, and it pans out that way, they're going to be seriously awkward opposition for any anyone else in the, in the qualifier side of the things. Then, and they might still have a big say this year. But I think Donegal are going to um, really test them on a lot of the things that they've been doing so far. I expected Manahan to do the same. Mm. I think Manahan were a small bit disappointing the last day, but um, I think Donegal have the like I said, the tools and the personnel to really test their game plan. Okay, hold, hold my hand on this one then, Eamon. What, what is it that Derry have done to beat Tyrone and to beat Monaghan and what will Donegal do to counteract it? Um, there's a lot of the, the, that's... Um, the, 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 the bullet points, shall we say, yeah. That's my piece for the examiner on Saturday. Story, yeah, so I'll have to go off and write something else. So, um, look, I think there's a couple of key areas. I think, first of all, um, the, the Derry their own kickouts, uh, both both kickouts, their own kickout, first of all, they have the tendency to go along. It has worked for them so far. Um, you know, the obvious advantage of that is you're up the field quicker and you can get at teams quicker once you're winning it. Um, they've seemed so far to be quite happy to lose it, but Monaghan didn't punish them, as what, even though they had a huge amount of attacks, a huge amount of shots, they, they you know, they just didn't make a count the last day. I think Donegal will make that count on Sunday if they're losing their own kick-out. Um, I think that's something that's going to definitely put them under a bit of pressure. But I imagine Rory Galler has a plan B for, for that kind of a situation. Similarly, then with Sean Patton at the other side, um, his kick-out, Derry have tended to press the kick-out a lot of the time so far and then reset and get back into defence quickly. They do that against Patton. They'll so find take it 90 yards. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and the kick-out targets that Donegal have as well make that a bit harder. Um, I think the other thing as well is that I think that they've done very well is they've, when they've counterattacked, they've managed to create a lot of space in the middle portion of the pitch while also having shape up front. And that has allowed the likes of McKenless and players like that to sprint through that area of the pitch. I, I imagine Donegal will have that um, well rumbled. They'll have the, the, the likes of maybe Hugh McFadden parked there to deal with oncoming runners. And it'll slow down that counter-attack that has been so effective for them so far. So I, I, there are just a couple of the snippets. I just think that Donegal will be more patient. They have the long-range shooters as well from outside that Monaghan, you know, didn't have the last day. Um, they're more experienced than them. So 
I know you predicted Derry from the start, Mikey, for the Ulster Championship, so uh, they, they still may very well win it, but I just think that Donegal's experience and noose could really come into this weekend. Never mind Rory Gallagher. I'll be unbearable if Derry win the Ulster football title. Uh, Kevin, I want, I want to know how he chose Derry to win the Ulster Championship. <laughs> like, was it his... They pull it out of a hat. Or... No, I, I like no. the cut. I like the cut of their jib in in, in Division Two. I just I just like the way they were playing. Heard. I think, uh huh. Heard in Division Two. Yeah, yeah, but it's it, you can't just look at you can't just look at the league table and make your decision like that. Kev. You have to really analyze these games. You're right, going dig deep you. into them. Um, <laughs> don't the ask other, me to do that. That's what you're... <laughs> the other three experts that were on with you that day, including Rory and myself, picked Armagh. Yeah, no, we did say we did say we did say, Eamon, we felt the winners would come from that side of the draw, and that's why we went for our man. On the other team, then Kevin, uh, Donegal, Eamon makes a very, a very strong case there, um, which is built on the assumption that you can trust Donegal. Have we got back to the point where we trust this Donegal team, particularly in an Ulster final? Well, if you if you go back on it, you're on Derry. I I went for Donegal at the, at the beginning, and uh, I I think it was one last time I went for Donegal. <laughs> I've been on them for the last three or four uh, seasons, and um, Fitzy's points are all all well made. They're, are all well made. Um, it, it is going to be tight. I imagine uh, it's going to be a tight game. But I think, uh, well, I put it this way, Mikey. This is a massive match for Donegal. This is a bigger match for Donegal than it is for Derry. You know, Derry will have life after the Ulster final, as in Rory Gallagher will will stay on and they'll they'll fight to get out of Division Two next spring and they'll keep going. And they're a, a, a project that's moving mm. at a nice. It's a slow burner, but it is moving at a nice pace. If that's not a contradiction, but um, the for Donegal, I should think. This is this is the the line in the sand for for Declan Bonner and and um, for Rochi uh, and, uh, and 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 the management team and for quite a few of their older players. I mean, this is time now produce uh, produce or leave the table. I should think because they will find it very difficult to continue in into the qualifiers if they don't have the confidence of an Ulster final behind them. I think Dury absolutely can move on into the into into the last 12 and still be still be in, in good fettle. So it's it's a massive match for them. Um I I just think overall Donegal are the better team. They're the better footballers. Um they they're hugely experienced like this this Ulster final they've been in what 10 and 12 is there something like that? Mm. Something a, a big number and yeah 10 and so 10 the last 10 12. So this is and it's brand new for it's brand new for the Derry boys. Uh, no it's a it, it's sold out. Complete, uh, complete sellout. You know, it's going to be an, an incredible atmosphere. Um, I've done a good few of the Ulster finals over the last 10, 10, 10 12 years, and they're they're brilliant. They they have seen. They are. You, you said maybe maybe I'd, I'd have be eye on Connacht. Of course I would, but but Connacht won't won't produce what the Ulster final is likely to produce. I would suggest it's a different type of um, championship, if you like. Um, I'm back on Donegal because I think Donegal, like I know it's very simplistic for me to say that I just think they have the better players. They're they're physically more intimidating. You you mentioned there, Eamon, on, on the long kick out. Donegal can infest that middle third with big, big boys. Uh, um the McFadden role that you correctly outlined, he's there all the time. I can picture him in every match I've ever done from Donegal, and he's playing 
and the minute Anitra, he's dropped to the top of the D and he's the first contact. Anybody coming in, he's he, he's not one of these sweepers waving at you. He's out there <laughs> looking for he's out there looking for contact. So they're very well set up that way. Uh, I think what, what we missed in the semi-final that gave Derry the oxygen to go on and win it, obviously the goals. Derry don't score goals, Derry will struggle. They don't get the points as easy as other teams. Um, and you saw that against Galway in the league. That's what probably scuppered them. Um, Monen could have put uh, could have put Derry under severe pressure, lads, if their accuracy. I, I, I got it up to, I think, 11 wides or maybe 13. I'm not sure, but it's of, it's of that number anyway. Um, and those... Those crucial moments when you're you're you know you're trying to pad out a bit of a lead or cut back into a lead, and you're putting wides that should really be scores. They're drainers. So Monning could never get up ahead of steam to really ask a question of Derry. So they were able to keep them at hand's length, uh, if you like. Uh, I don't see that happening with Donegal. Donegal are a much more patient team. Um, the more accuracy in front of the goal, more natural accuracy. Like there's McManus and there's McCarran for Monning. Donegal will have a lot more uh, uh, clever shooters than that, and 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 they'll be a lot more patient. They won't snatch at it. You won't, you, you know, the Hughes and these guys tend to come up from on and they snatch a bit at a shot, and it won't be fully. You won't see that from Donegal. They're much more patient outfit. But it's but but it's a massive match. The pressure of this match will be will be will be a big one. They, like you know, they blew up against Cavan in 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 the final uh, in the final. Is it two years ago? Two years now? ago. Yeah. Years ago now, so that has to be in the back of their mind uh, a little bit. So, on all known evidence, I'm a pundit that goes on evidence, uh, Mikey, rather than picking it out of a hat. Um, oh, the, no, that's low. <laughs> on all known evidence, on all known evidence, Mikey, I think it, ha- it has to be, it has to be, um, Donegal. Uh, but there will be a mighty, there will be a mighty challenge. Like, Derry are the story of the championships, no question about that. Um, and and the fair play to them, but I can't, I can't, um, I can't see them beating Tony Gall. Okay, Rory, are you going to stand up for me and my uh, and my lads here? No, I'm not. I'm not. I watched. Uh, sake, Rory. I'm not. I watched. I watched. You've been abandoned, Mikey. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I watched la- last year's game. Kev was actually co-com on it, um, but I watched the hype. I watched the, the match from the hype behind angle last night. Just kind of get a sense of it. Um, and there was a few things that stood out. The first thing was Michael Murphy didn't come on until 10 minutes into the second half. He'll be playing for the full game this time. And there was a noticeable difference when he did come on, not necessarily in terms of his contribution, but he just brings, he brings a presence, I think, on the field when he's there. Um, Rogers went on to him straight away. You'd imagine Chrissy McCaig will be like a wetsuit on um uh, again on Paddy McBrearty and snuffed him out by and large for most of the yeah. game but McBrearty still popped up with the key moment at the yeah, key that time and that's what he's capable of I think Eamon's point which became, was very obvious when you watch it particularly from the high behind is and La- Michael Langan was outstanding last year yeah. they, can, they can shoot from range they can kick the ball over from 35-40 metres like uh, inside of the boot outside of the boot Langan, Niall O'Donnell, Murphy himself, McBrearty, they have the distance. So if you set up that screen, now they kind of play a double sweeper type scenario, Derry. If you set up that screen, they'll, they'll, they have the, the, the armory to kick the ball over your head anyway. So I just think, and then to go back again, and I do think Patton is the better of the two goalkeepers. So I think there's more, uh, Kevin is point as well made, in that there's probably more pressure on Donegal. They really do need to um, use the potty this time or else pass it on but 
Uh, I do, and, and it's going to be a fantastic occasion. Derry are in the minor final as well. It'll be superb. It'll be a great day. But I, I just think the experience and the physical presence, they just won't be as profligate at the back two in terms of coughing up goal chances in the way that Monaghan did. And I fancy Donegal to win. Okay, right. So that's that's three, three to one. Um, I just, I'm just curious quickly then, Eamon, sorry, if, if Donegal win this match kind of relatively convincingly, would you put them up there with, with, with Kerry and with with Dublin and perhaps with let's throw in Galway for the crack because they're another one of my tips as teams that could actually win in All-Ireland I would Mikey but the one thing as Kevin mentioned it already it's it's hard to trust Donegal just from the point of view that when they've got to this stage over the last couple of years they, they've flattered to deceive so um, but look again I think they have the, they, they, they have the personnel to do damage absolutely deep into the championship but look similar to Kerry until they actually do that you know it, it's it's hard there's to questions. Say. yeah, yeah mm. there's questions and it's hard to say it with any degree of certainty but um, uh, if if they're to win on Sunday yeah absolutely they're in the conversation for sure you were nodding Kev you agree do you? yeah I do I do um, I, exactly I, I won't add to it I agree until they do it they haven't done it yeah, I, 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 I just couldn't, I couldn't put any faith in them at this stage. Personally, I'm, I'm all in on Derry. Um, okay, we'll move, we'll move on to Connacht and um, start with yourself, Kevin. Um, people like me get excited about Galway. I don't know what it is. It's tradition. It's maybe grown up on that team of the late nineties, early noughties, and just like wanting Galway to be better. Um, which probably suits Ross Common quite well because Ross Common. Tipping along, obviously, you know, got out of Division Two along with Galway, and have, and I think we've made this point several times here, have as good a sextet of forwards as probably there are in the country at the moment. Well, I mightn't go as as good a sextet as in the country, but certainly as good as you know the rest of the bunch. Um, you know, I, I'd probably put Dublin, Stroke, Kerry as the top offensive teams in the country. Uh, um, but Roscommon can certainly hold their own with the rest. Um, it's gas, and, and I'm laughing to myself here about how you said, you know, it's I fancy Galway. It's probably tradition when they come with a good team. And I was explaining to um, a Galway man maybe the day before yesterday, Ali Turner. He was doing a bit for Galway BFM, nice lad. I was doing a, a piece with him, and I was trying to explain to him the huge danger for Galway with this fixture, because despite the evidence in front of you and the evidence of your own eyes. The Galway public do not see Roscommon ever, despite results as a threat. And I think that's probably <laughs> a national uh, perception as well, uh, because of the tradition of Galway, again, Galway seven or eight, all Ireland's that type of thing, and have dominated Connacht along with Mayo. But uh, it might surprise you to know that Roscommon, on average, beat them one in every three. You know, that's they're the numbers on it. I, they're the 17 champions, the 19 champions. Uh, I think they played them in five finals, two two wins apiece and a draw. And despite that, and they're all done up in Pierce Stadium as well, I might add, despite all that evidence, the around the, the, the breakfast tables and dinner tables in Galway, it's said, Al churches, if we play, there's no chance. Like, <laughs> if our three best lads play, we have a one. Isn't that right, lads? And that plays perfectly into Roscommon because Roscommon will be just busying themselves getting ready to uh, see what can they do on Damien Comer, Paul Conroy and Shane Walsh. 
full in the knowledge that if they, if they were to tie those three up, and that is what you have to do uh, for the likes of a, of a Roscommon, if you can tie those three up, you're, you're probably gone seven-tenths of the way to winning the final, I should think. Um, but there's a big but there is, at the moment, those those three, they're Galway's three best players, and at the moment, they're playing like Galway's three best players. You, you reference Paul winning the, the player of the month, and deservedly so, and fair play, he's a, he's a, he's a great lad. Um, so those three are playing, you know, I won't say at the absolute top of their form, but their, their form is going in definitely the, the right direction. Conroy is as good as, as he's ever played for Galway. Uh, Comer's injury-free and coming well. And Shane Walsh, you know, Shane Walsh is just one of those groove players. If he hits it, you're in trouble. I, I was managing the 2018 final. And, you know, we must have spent three weeks trying to figure out how to get after him. And then he just got into the groove and we could not stop him. And he, he you know, he, he won that final on his own for, for Galway. Um, so that's the danger for us common. But I can tell you locally, um, there's a quiet confidence um, that Roscommon are going to go up there and, and give a huge account of themselves. The players themselves would have no fear of this Galway team because they've seen with their own eyes that they can go up there, they can defend against them, uh, and they can attack against them. And one little one little adjustment I'll just point out to you. When you think of Roscommon, you probably think of Enda Smith, be the first guy who comes into your head. And in my time, you know, I had to play him at midfield. I didn't have, I didn't have the luxury. I just didn't have the 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 the, the partnership that would work. Um, but Anthony has been able to put together a very very workmanlike midfield in Alton Harney and uh, Young Nolan from, from Nolan, uh, Bridget's yeah. Eddie Nolan, uh, and that has freed up Ender to go to eleven. And he is lads. He's a smashing player. He's a very very dangerous player who scores goals from deep. He's a, like he he must have the record for goals from midfield in Ireland. He just but he he can score both feet. Really uh, talented player. So that's gonna Galway will have a fair job done when they've tied down the the Roscommon sextet. So it's all bubbling up nicely. I suppose if I was pushed to a gun to my head, I'd say yeah. Right now today Thursday, Galway maybe by a point or two because their three lads are flying. But I have no sense that Roscommon will do anything else than push them to the end. Uh, and every possibility of winning it themselves by a point or two. Okay. Eamon, um, how do you see it going? Um, yeah, I find it very hard to call it, to be honest, Mikey. I think it's. I think something that might be coming against Roscommon is it's very hard to beat a team for the third time when you're kind of closely matched in the, in the same season. Um, a thing that I'm going to be interested in, I suppose, first of all, to back up what Kevin is saying, I think the three big boys for Galway are all playing well and they've all stayed injury-free this year or certainly for the last couple of months, which means that they're training night in, night out because basically if they're able, they have to play, but at the same time to play at the top of their game, they have to be training consistently, which they are, which is clear in their performances. So that is a danger sign for Roscommon, but... The one thing about Roscommon that I'll be watching out for this weekend is Galway to great effect against uh, Mayo. They played with Dylan McHugh and Kieran Malai playing as those kind of double sweepers cheating in. And they were able to because of the players they were marking from, from Mayo. Whereas it's a different um, scenario now against Roscommon because Roscommon have six scoring forwards that will threaten you and will cause damage. So if you're talking about cheating off Kieran Morta and Cahill Hennigan, you can't. 
So are they going to drop wing forwards to pick them up to allow the lads to, 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 to cheat back? Are they going to be too defensive then if that happens? Are they going to cheat off them and see what happens? So I think the Galway defensive system uh, in terms of Padraig Joyce is in its early um, stages of its development and I'd be interested to see how that works out. That's fine. That works very well when you have players playing deep and dropping off you. But when you have six forwards up going going at it, it'll ask a lot of different questions. So I think that 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 will be, certainly for me anyway, that will be interesting on Sunday. Um, okay, here's, in terms of colleges, I'm not one. sure. Here's a funny one, uh, Eamon. Um, I'm, I'm hearing locally that um, uh, Jeremy Murta won't make the starting 15. Yeah. Now, when I in my time, he was the best forward we had. But, you know, he just was. A marvelous, marvelous footballer. Now, I, you know, I don't know form and everything. I don't know what's going on in the training. But I put it this way: if he cannot make the starting six for us, common, and I think he all, you'd all be able to picture Jared Murta mm. kicking points from sideline and distance. And and you saw the goal he got in. You, you might call that poor defending, but I tell you, lads, he was able to weave in around two or three players and rocket it to the side of there. That was a smash. The, the smash inside of the goal bit seemed to be lost in the narrative, which again makes the point I'm making about Galway. The yeah. Galway public would see that as poor defending, not a brilliant goal. But um, Jeremy uh, is unlikely to start, so you know that would uh, that would be saying to me, well, he's going to come on, and when he comes on, exactly what Eamon is saying, he's going to be another threat. Because you can't leave him, you can't sag off him and give him ten yards. I can assure you, he'll curl it over with his left all day. Yeah, Rory, have you been have you been dining at a breakfast table in Galway this week, or do you think Ross Common have a shot here? No, and to go back to our early predictions, I'm going to stick with Ross Common because I did feel they'd have a nice warm up game, which they won comfortably enough against Sligo, so they're heading into this final again. As Kevin said, like unheralded unheralded it they're not they're not getting a huge amount of um publicity they're... or would you say untested because Galway did have the Mayo game yeah, before Leach yeah and... yeah but I like I think I think they got as much of a test they got as much out of the league final as they probably would have wanted anyway you know they were once that was over I'd say they were probably all systems goal everybody is fit from what I hear uh, yeah. from a Roscommon perspective which is great news I think they match very well too with Galway's key players somebody who doesn't get a lot of credit and again I watched the uh, that league final back uh, on Monday and um, this guy Brian Stack full back lads what a player he is like I mean a lot of Curry roots uh, what's, sorry Kev <laughs> from parents from Curry but like i mean you know i think his matchup with comer alone is going to be quite interesting and that's something to really savor and look forward to like he's a fabulous player you know loads of counties would love to have him so i think they match that might well be the matchup though rory what do you think they might put him out they might put him out in march yeah but but nice. would it yeah, would they not like because obviously Walsh wasn't fit for the league finals, so they, you know, no, I don't know, would Walsh maybe have that little bit too much mobility for him? But you know, I think they do, they do have the right matchups at the back, they've got a scoring threat up front. They're going to be going into it as usual, where people are just going to be focusing on Galway. I think it's perfect. I think as somebody like Anthony Cunningham will relish going into Salt Hill, yeah, I'm going to stick with Ross Common on this one. I think they, um. Yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I think the, the big thing for Ross Common for me, if they were to win on Sunday, they need to really progress now. 
I'd love to see Roscommon make an All Ireland semi final, for instance. When's the last time that happened, Kevin? You're going back to 1991. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah? 19, 1991, 92, around that period. Yeah, lost so to me than a semi final. Yeah, so you're going back a long time. Yeah. Okay, so you're going back to the to, well, to the years. old knockout days. Yeah. So like that's that will be the key thing. But look, they have to get over Sunday first. And yeah, I'm going to stick with them. I think the Anthony Stack, Cunningham. By the way, um, get the job Stack done. is the lad. Um, in, in the 2017 final that I was involved in, um, he's the lad that got the decisive goal from wing forward. So what, what am I saying? It gives you a sense of the footballer he is. Like yeah. He can play anywhere. He plays midfield for club. He's full-back, centre-back. He's a smashing player. Can't get a smashing. game in the forwards to put him full-back. <laughs> Can't get a game in the forwards. <laughs> um, okay, so that's that, that's 2-1 to Galway and a, non, a, 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 and a lack of a declaration from Eamon, which is fair enough. We'll, we'll allow him that one. I just said, could Ross comment, Mikey? I went for them at the start. As well, oh, did so you? Oh, right. Okay, right. So that's that's 3-1. Jeez, I'm outnumbered today, lads. I'm outnumbered. I will be unbearable on Monday if these two come in. Um, one word I actually Kev just on the, the Pierce Stadium thing because obviously the hoary subject of Crow Park comes up around the Leinster Football Championship um, Killarney versus Barky Cueve obviously I, I, I think there's a there's a treaty uh, there's a treaty there that was drawn up in Zurich to, to arrange that one um, it's obviously a little bit more casual in Connacht or at least it seems to be you know it seems to end up in Pierce Stadium a lot and you're saying Roscommon that doesn't bother them? No, no, the, the arrangements we have in, 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 in Connacht were a very simple race of people, Mikey. Uh, it's home, away, home, away, whether in the championship. And if that's a final, it's your luck. And if it's not a final, so be it. You know, that's just the way, that's the way it flows. But absolutely not. Roscommon have, uh, have a very good modern record there. Last three finals, they played in there, two wins and a draw. Uh, the defeat was down in Castlebar, if you remember, we had, mm. no pitch at, we had no pitch at the time. And um, the, yeah, so no fear whatsoever. Um, big crowd as well. I talked to a, a county board officer yesterday, met, met, met her up, up the town, and she was saying ticket sales are going very decent. So, yeah, and, and it's good weather, I believe, Killarney and Pierce Stadium for the weekend. So um, that's always good. Because the last few finals in, in Pierce Stadium have been bloody wet finals. Yeah. And uh, so we could Shocking do it. We could do with a nice summer's day, yeah. There you go. So you're moving the championship to early summer, you know, and it's, it's working out already. Um, okay, I, we're, we're working backwards in time as we get to the finish line. So five o'clock, um, how do you see the Champions Cup final going? Sorry, Eamon, no, um, <laughs> uh, the Leinster football final between Dublin and Kildare. Kildare probably, like, Meads travelled with optimism last year and they got something and probably their optimism had dissipated before this year when they and rightly got hosed. Kildare's optimism for this year doesn't seem to have dissipated. They, they do seem to think on the evidence of their league campaign where they both got relegated to leave no Leinster team in the top flight, um, that they have a shot here and that maybe is there a suggestion that for Kildare between the years is the most important part here and if they actually believe that they can give Dublin the game well then they actually might give Dublin the game Yeah I, I think they, they, they'll firmly believe and I don't think Glenn Ryan is the type of personality that he's going to be thinking about anything other than a win on Saturday evening and um, you know bearing in mind I suppose when you look back 12 months and they went into the Leinster final last year and it was a kind of a containment policy. Maybe the appreciation wasn't still clear that Dublin really were, you know, on the way in at that stage. We'd been talking about it, but the evidence was presenting itself bit by bit until Mayo finished the job last year. And, you know, there's a freedom for the players in 
you going at the Dubs on Saturday evening and they have they have the players to, to cause Dublin problems. I think with Kildare, it'll have to be the Kildare that played against Louth um, rather than the Kildare that played against Westmeath because if they're as lax as they were defensively in particular against Westmeath, then they'll go to town in them. But I don't expect them to be like that. I expect them to really perform at the weekend. Um, I think their, their full forward line is it's 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 a pretty obvious statement to say that if their full forward line gets a decent supply of possession, they'll 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 do damage. Um, and Daniel Flynn this year, he's been playing much more of a team game, and he's been very effective in there. But I'm waiting for him to explode in one of the big days, and this is an opportunity for them to, for for him to explode. And in fairness to Jimmy Highland and Dara Kerwin, both of them have been playing very well. Um, both of them played well the last day. So I think, yeah, I think Kildare are going to have a real go at it, Mikey. I don't think it's going to be like the meat game or the meat game last year. Um, Dublin, by all accounts, are a bit uh, irked as the way that they're being written off and so on. And I expect a bit of a response from them. But the question I'd have over the dubs is, can they still do it at the level that they did it? I know they want to. I know they want to answer everyone that's given out about them or questioning them or whatever. but have they still got the ability, number one, and that ferocious appetite, number two? I think they did very well against Meade, but there were still signs of slappiness there at times during the game and from some of their biggest players. Uh, but again, the couple of weeks they've had, I expect that to be eradicated by the weekend. But expect it to be a very close game, to be honest about it. Yeah. Um, Kev, you, you've seen Dublin up close now a couple of times where you, you were down at the uh, the massacre of Clannard anyway. We know that much. And I, I don't know how much you could <laughs> read into that one. But they, they seem to have got their groove back. Um, but unfortunately for them, thus far, since relegation, I suppose they're getting their confidence back against beating a Division 4 team and beating a Mead team who were beaten before the match started, which seems to be the general consensus. So they want to test... But at the same time, they got tests in Division One, and it didn't go so well for them. So, so are we are we being a little hasty in saying the Dubs are back? The twenty the twenty twenty uh, edition of the Dubs are back. Oh, we'll we'll know um, we'll know we'll know Saturday evening. Um, uh, I I I made the point to you previously that you know that Wexford match and to uh, to a certain degree also the Mead match. Although I thought there was a little bit more sloppiness in the Mead match than there needed to be. I would, I would agree with Eamon on that. But in general, um, Dublin are doing everything that they have to do so far. You know, whatever's put in front of them, they're, they're, they're milling it. There, there's no, no question about that. This is, this is a challenge now coming, I think, the, coming at the weekend. I think the Kildare effort will be uh, predicated on their offence, on, on their, their attack. One fellow we didn't mention there, Eamon, is... is um, the eleven guy, the McCormick, Ben McCormick. McCormick yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. scored. He scored five points from play. Yeah. Um, I was doing that match. Yeah, I was doing that match in the afternoon, and uh, he was very impressive. So I don't know much about Alex Byrne, the, the Nates lad at, at ten, um, but the other five, Paul Cribben, Ben McCormick, Paul and the Cribben, ones you yeah. were talking about, Eamon, like they're formidable now. They again, I go back to the Roscommon um, comparison. They score in front of the goals. Unlike a lot of Kildare forwards over the years, they're, they are accurate uh, and they're they're quite direct. So they're definitely going to they're going to um, pose a problem. And the, the Kildare midfield, Feely and what's his partner, um, Callahan. Yeah, they're going to they're 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 going to have a say in matters as well because they're big big men. 
Feely has huge potential. He, They're he the household names, aren't they, Kev? The problem is from two to seven, a lot of people, casual fans, might struggle to name any Kildare defenders. Yeah. Well, Mick O'Grady, we'd, we'd all mention him, definitely, yeah. but he, he'd be tied up in the man-marking job on somebody or other, you'll, you'd have thought. Um, I, I think it's like, it's, it's like we're back to Donegal now. You know, until, until they do something big, uh, you know, a, a major scalp, they haven't done it until they do it. I know that's very unfair. It's a bit kind of a blasé line, but it, it's, you know, the, at some stage, you have to make the breakthrough. You have to, there's a, always a team in front of you. At some stage, you say, they have to be bet lads. Or we're never going to arrive as a serious force in this. And this is, this is, this is their game. Uh, the the misfortune for them is that I think Dublin are getting their stuff together, mm. and I think a lot of it. Eamon has put his finger on it. I think a, a lot psychology wise uh, is that they're really peed over the perception that uh, they've washed the shovels and gone home early, and they're not interested in winning championships. And you know this team that they had has has, has is no more. Well, well, that is true. The great team is not there anymore, but they have a sm- they have a smashing team. I, I put them I, number one and two, Kerry, Kerry Dublin. That's that's mm. my pecking order for the All Ireland right now. Um, uh, so until Kildare beat them, you know, all, all we're doing is, is is surmising really. But yeah. you know, I I think they have a huge challenge. There there's a there's going to take a not it'll it'll take an awful lot to beat this Dublin team in Leinster. Yeah. Because you know, they're this is what they've dominated. This is their bedrock. Nobody gets a look in in this championship. So for Kildare to take them down will be a massive achievement by them, and one that would certainly launch their era, the 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 uh, Glen Ryan era. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I give them a great chance, but I don't think they have enough to do it. Yeah, Rory, it's a good argument for. Uh, we started off here discussing the you know the downgrading of the provincial championships. So you could look at this game as a precursor to next year's Division Two final if you're an optimistic Kildare yeah. fan, or you could look at it as actually this is a huge game for Kildare because if they win this, if they actually manage to win an Ulster title, that's huge. That's that you could argue that it would be bigger for them than it would be for Derry to win the Ulster title. You could throw the argument out there that it it, it would be huge. It it actually. It would lift the Leinster Championship to something more than it has been for the last 17 years. Really big for Gaelic football as well in a province that, you know, has been in a a blue prison really for the best part of two decades. I mean, you're going back to 2000, I think. The last time Kildare actually won it. And I think it was, was it, uh, that's the last time they've beaten Dublin in the Championship as well, if I'm not mistaken. And funnily enough, the two captains on that day were Glenn Ryan and Desi Farrell, which is quite mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so, look, I think it would be a huge thing for them, but uh, I'm just not, I'm just like it, it, an awful lot. If Dublin come out of the traps early and go after goals, and they might, because they might look at that Kildare full back line and that Kildare defense and say, look, lads, there's hay there. If they go out and they, you know, bang in a goal early or a second goal early, you know, heads drop. That would be the big fear for me. I think key thing for them is just to make sure, like even if it meant just sitting back for the first 20 minutes, you know, don't let the game get away from you in that early period. So some seeds of doubt. And then trust the fact that you do have the firepower up front once you gain a foothold in the game. And I think that might mean playing slightly defensive, certainly from the start. If they go out and try and play man-to-man, Against that Dublin forward line with that defence, I think it could be 
a bit of groundhog day once again in Leinster and Dublin to win comfortably. Yeah. Um, okay. I think we're all going for Dublin here. I'm. I, I'm not. I'm not going against you this time, lads. I know we're running out of time, and I, I. I'm not trying to be cruel here, but there's a reason we left the monster, the monster final to last. Uh, and Eamon, what, I'm not going to. Mikey, one thing yeah. I'll say about Munster, right? For all, I mean, look, I know most of the teams in it are at a really low quality, at a really low level, and I include Cork, obviously, in that. that that's has, not true. It's not as low. Like yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of divisions, it's not as low as Leinster for But a it's, start. Pro- it's pro- like in terms of stories, it's nearly been the most interesting because we had the Parky Ring thing to kick things <laughs> off, where 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 they were actually going to play the game. We had a penalty shootout between Clare and Limerick. We have the emergence of Limerick or the re-emergence of Limerick as a, as a footballing entity. And it also contains the hottest of all Ireland favourites. So no pressure there, Eamon. <laughs> <laughs> they never give up, these Cork villains, do they? They've, never... yeah, they've, they've no skin in the game, but yet they've always got skin in the game. Eamon, look, I'm not going to ask you to, to yarry your way to safety here or anything like that, but what would you be looking to see from Kerry this weekend? Look, I think from from Kerry's point of view, anything other than uh, a good performance and a good win will be will be a shock, Mikey. To be honest, I think uh, you know they're going to be prepared well for the game. They're going to be really looking forward to. It. They haven't played in three weeks again. Um, fellas that are getting the starting jersey are going to be anxious to make sure they're holding on to their starting jersey. And look, they're men in a mission this year. And I certainly don't expect them to get unstuck this weekend. Um, I'll, I'll be shocked if it isn't a, a, a very, you know, significant carry win after a good carry performance. I'll be, I'll be surprised if it doesn't pan out that way. Um, I think Limerick will absolutely tear into Kerry and they're coming from a point of view of having nothing to lose. But I think the difference in quality as the game goes on will probably make, make a difference in the end. If it goes to penalties, you'd have to fancy Limerick. They have the background. <laughs> they have the experience. But it won't go to penalties because it'll, it be yeah. uh, um, it'll be a replay. It'll be a replay. Obviously, that's why it won't go to penalties. Uh, yeah, Eamon, no, just, uh, just going to round off our, our chat. Um, like, we were talking about provincial championships. We're talking about this Kerry team as being, like, you know, the number one contenders for the All-Ireland. Some of the most exciting players in the country. Given the current structure, and I know it's on the way out, isn't it a real shame how infrequently we're seeing them during the summer? Like the, the, the gaps between Kerry games are pronounced. It's a handicap for Kerry. I would also suggest Mikey. Sorry, yeah. man. Sorry. Yeah, no, it is. It is absolutely. And look, I think in, in many ways, it actually it suits the qualifiers, the way the games are laid out for the rest of the thing that you you've two weeks between your games if you lose the provincial final, you have two weeks to the to, to get yourself right and get try and get into a quarter final. Whereas for the four provincial champions, they have four weeks off at the height of the championship, which is far from ideal. So uh it is, it's unusual, but um I hope by the end of the summer you'll you'll be sick of looking at Kerry Mikey. <laughs> uh, and their internal and their internal competition is pretty intense now as well at this stage, Mikey. Like they've they've they've, they've actually built a really yeah. really good. Oh no, I, I'm thinking more from so, the, the f- yeah, from the yeah, from, from the from side the, of the regular punter who'd yeah, like to see Kerry play. You want to watch him? I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Kevin for for opposition managers, the more you get to see him, the more you get to try and unpick them. Whereas Cork was whatever it was a month ago. Now they'll play Limerick and presumably win without having to show their full hand. No offense to the Limerick team well, and Billy Lee. Like if, if you look at it from Jack Jack O'Connor's perspective, <clears throat> he's going to emerge out of Munster essentially untested. 
So how does he how does he control that within the group by performing well, by doing all the stuff they're supposed to be doing at championship level with a big win? So the confidence is only going in one direction. So that's what you. The, the, like one of the great uh, things, one of the things you have to admire always about Harry and Eamon's teams and that he played and managed is they have been brilliant at preparing to play underdogs. I, every year, I'm always astounded by, you know, Jesus, does it ever get tight? No, they're always beaten by 12, 13, 14 points because they respect the opposition. They know there's a process they have to go through. <laughs> Uh, it's called the Monster yeah. Championship. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I know, but yeah. the, the process is get out of here for Dublin in good shape. You know that we're we're not struggling for form as we as we push towards Dublin. And by and large, they have been outstanding at doing that. I don't see I don't see any 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 difference this weekend, this Saturday. It's going to be a long day for Limerick, I do believe. And a bit like the Dublin game, Rory, if Kerry. Go after goals, and oh, they yeah. will not. They will not pass them up if there's two and ones and three and ones, because that's the thing that Jack will be killing them for at half time. You know, if mm-hmm. they get sloppy. In other words, that's there. That's the point I'm making. Whatever's out there to be got, if Ganey has to get, if he's presented with one seven in opportunities, he, he better be getting one five. That's the point I'm making. That it's going to be a rootless situation because there's people breathing to get on the team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, so, and they have goaladors everywhere. The Cliffords. Ganey, etc. They're all lethal. So, you know, if they went after them early, be a long day, be a long day, a long day for Limerick as well. Uh, Rory, have you anything to add here briefly? No, look, I mean, I just do to very well because I know the lads are rushing off there. Just one really quick story. Tomas told us there once upon a time. It was just after Potty had like. Um, Is this a true been- story now? Maybe not. No, it is a true story. Tomas said he's. It was, Don't let that get in the way, Kev. It was. It was. It was just after Body had been um, extricated from the Kerry job back in two thousand and three, wasn't it? In the winter of oh three, and uh, they had beaten Tipperary in the first round of the Munster Championship, and they were back in Dingle afterwards. And the lads were kind of chuffed with themselves. And Body was working away, and they went in to meet him, and. You know, like he was a bit thick as usual or, you know, because he was no longer involved. And he said, oh, did you get on? And they said, oh, yeah, we won well. He goes, oh, for God's sake, back in my day, we used to beat that crowd over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, very good. Um, very good. So, listen, that that's it. That's the four provincial finals previewed. Uh, we do, we are aware there are seven Talchon Cup games this weekend. We'll, we'll but review to go back them to all this- on Monday. To go st- back to the start, it's not our job to promote it. <laughs> it's, um, it's our job to preview the biggest games of the weekend, and we did well to fit in four provincial finals. So um, we'll give a nod to those Chelsea games on Monday. Um, the four provincial finals are on RTE. Rory O'Neill will be RT2. here. RTE 2. He'll be here grey-haired on Monday to tell us how it all went. Uh, you can listen to him on Radio 1, uh, Saturday and Sunday Sport as well. And of course, we'll have live blogs, reports, reaction on the RT website and the RT News app. So we'll see you on Monday. And just to say thank you to Eamon and to Kevin and to Rory. And we'll chat to you then. Good luck. by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it! It's over the bar! Oh! Holy Moses!